This video is part of an audiobook series featuring Principles, Life and Work, written by Ray Dalio in 2017. For more audiobooks, please visit my YouTube channel, find me on Spotify, or check out my website for downloads. Part 3, Chapter 1, Trust in Radical Truth and Radical Transparency. Understanding what is true is essential for success, and being radically transparent about everything, including mistakes and weaknesses, helps create the understanding that leads to improvements. That's not just a theory. We have put this into practice at Bridgewater for over 40 years, so we know how it works. But like most things in life, being radically truthful and transparent has cons as well as pros, and I will describe as accurately as possible them within this chapter. Hmm. Being radically truthful and transparent with your colleagues and expecting your colleagues to be the same with you ensures that important issues are apparent instead of hidden. It also enforces good behavior and good thinking, because when you have to explain yourself, everyone can openly assess the merits of your logic. If you are handling things well, radically, radical transparency will make that clear. And if you are handling things poorly, radical transparency will make that clear as well, so it helps to maintain high standards. Radical truth and radical transparency are fundamental to having a real idea meritocracy. The more people can see what is happening, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the more effective they are at deciding the appropriate ways of handling things. This approach is also invaluable for training. Learning is compounded and accelerated when everyone has the opportunity to hear what everyone else is thinking. As a leader, you will get the feedback essential for your learning and for the continual improvement of the organization's decision-making rules. And seeing firsthand what's happening and why, and why builds trust and allows people to make the independent assessments of the evidence that a functioning idea meritocracy requires. Adapting to radical truth and radical transparency. It takes getting used to. Virtually everyone who joins Bridgewater believes intellectually that radical truth and radical transparency are what they want, because after careful thought, that's what they signed up for. Yet most find it difficult to adjust to it because they are struggling with the two U's, which we explained in understanding that people are wired very differently. While their upper level U understands the benefits of it, their lower level U tends to react with a flight or fight response. Adapting typically takes about 18 months, though it varies from individual to individual, and there are those who never successfully adapt to it. Some people tell me it's inconsistent with human nature to operate this way, that people need to be protected from harsh truths, and that such a system could never work in practice. Our experience and our success have proven that wrong. While it's true that our way of being is not what most people are used to, that doesn't make it unnatural, any more than the hard physical exercise athletes and soldiers do is unnatural. It is a fundamental law of nature that you get stronger only by doing difficult things. While the idea of meritocracy is not for everyone, for those who do adapt to it, which is about two-thirds of those who try it, it is so liberating and effective that it's hard for them to imagine any other way to be. What most people like best is knowing that there is no spin. Radical truth and transparency in practice. To give you an idea of what radical truth and transparency look like, I'll share a difficult situation we faced a few years ago when our management committee began thinking about reorganizing our back office. Our back office provides the services we need to support our trading in the markets, including trade confirmations, settlements, record maintenance, and accounting. 
We had built this team up over many years, and it was full of hardworking, close-knit employees who were part of our extended family. But at the time, we were seeing a need for new capacities that would stretch us beyond what we could do in-house. This led to our COO, Eileen Murray, to devise an innovative strategy for spinning off this team and having them incorporated into a tailor-made group within the Bank of New York, Milan. It was just an exploratory conversation at first. We had no idea whether we would pursue it, how we would pursue it, or what it would ultimately mean for the members of the back office team. Put yourself in the shoes of the management committee. When would you tell the back office team that you were thinking of spinning off their group into another company? Would you wait until the picture was clear? In most organizations, this kind of strategic decision would typically be kept under wraps until it was a done deal, because bosses generally think it's bad to create uncertainty among employees. We believe the opposite, that the only responsible way to operate is truthfully and transparently, so that people know what's really going on and can help us sort through any issues that arise. In this case, Eileen led a town hall meeting with the back office team right away. In the way typical of leaders at Bridgewater, she explained that there was a lot she didn't know, and there were a lot of questions that she wouldn't be able to answer. This was the harsh reality at that moment, and while it did create uncertainty, she had followed the more traditional, or had she followed the more traditional approach of being less open, the inevitable rumors and speculations would have made things much worse. Though the group ultimately did get spun off, we continued to have wonderful relationships with the people in it. Not only do they cooperate fully throughout the transition, they still come to our Christmas and Fourth of July parties and remain a part of our extended family. Today, we have an award-winning back office because of the innovative things this change allowed us to do. Most importantly, since we were operating openly, even while we hadn't figured things out, the back office team had their confidence in our truthfulness and consideration for them reinforced, and they returned it in kind. For me, not telling people what's going on so as to protect them from the worries of life is like letting your kids grow into adulthood believing in the truth, the tooth fairy, or Santa Claus. While concealing the truth might make people happier in the short term, it won't make them smarter or more trusting in the long term. It's a real asset that people know they can trust what we say. For that reason, I believe that it's almost always better to shoot straight, even when you don't have all the answers or when there's bad news to convey. As Winston Churchill says, there is no worse course in leadership than to hold out false hopes soon to be swept away. People need to face harsh and uncertain realities if they are going to learn how to deal with them, and you'll learn a lot about the people around you by seeing how well they do. 1.1. Realize that you have nothing to fear from knowing the truth. If you're like most people, the idea of facing the unvarnished truth makes you anxious. To get over that, you need to understand intellectually why untruths are scarier than truths and then, through practice, get accustomed to living with them. If you're sick, it's natural to fear your doctor's diagnosis. What if it's cancer or some other deadly disease? As scary as the truth may turn out to be, you will be better off knowing it in the long run because it will allow you to seek the most appropriate treatment. The same holds for learning painful truths about your own strengths and weaknesses. Knowing and acting on the truth is what we call the big deal at Bridgewater. It's important not to get hung up on all those emotion and ego-laden little deals that can distract you from the overall mission. 1.2. Have integrity and demand it from others. 
Integrity comes from the Latin word integritas, meaning one or whole. People who are one way on the inside and another way on the outside, i.e. not whole, lack integrity. They have duality instead. While presenting your view as something other than it is can sometimes be easier in the moment because you can avoid conflict or embarrassment or achieve some other short-term goal, the second and third order effects of having integrity and avoiding duality are immense. People who are one way on the inside and another on the outside become conflicted and often lose touch with their own values. It's difficult for them to be happy and almost impossible for them to be their best. Aligning what you say with what you think and what you think with what you feel will make you much happier and much more successful. Thinking solely about what's accurate instead of how it is perceived pushes you to focus on the most important things. It helps you sort through people and places because you'll be drawn to people and places that are open and honest. It's also fairer to those around you. Making judgments about people so that they are tried and sentenced in your head without asking for their perspective is both unethical and unproductive. Having nothing to hide relieves stress and builds trust. A. Never say anything about someone that you wouldn't say to them directly, and don't try people without accusing them to their face. Criticism is welcomed and encouraged at Bridgewater, but there is never a good reason to badmouth people behind their backs. It is counterproductive and shows a serious lack of integrity. It doesn't yield any beneficial change, and it subverts both the person being badmouthed and the environment as a whole. Next to being dishonest, it is the worst thing you can do in our community. Managers should not talk about people who work for them if they are not in the room. If someone is not present at a meeting where something relevant to them is discussed, we always make sure to send them a recording of the meeting and other relevant information. B. Do not let loyalty to people stand in the way of truth and the well-being of the organization. In some companies, employees hide their employers' mistakes, and employers do the same in return. This is unhealthy and stands in the way of improvement because it prevents people from bringing their mistakes and weaknesses to the surface, encourages deception, and eliminates subordinates' right of appeal. The same thing applies to the idea of personal loyalty. I have regularly seen people kept in jobs that they don't deserve because of their personal relationship to the boss, and this leads to unscrupulous managers trading on personal loyalties to build fiefdoms for themselves. Judging one person by a different set of rules than another is an insidious form of corruption that undermines the meritocracy. I believe in a healthier form of loyalty founded on openly exploring what is true. Explicit, principled thinking and radical transparency are the best antidotes of self-dealing. When everyone is held to the same principles and decision-making is done publicly, it is difficult for people to pursue their own interests at the expense of the organization's. In such an environment, those who face their challenges have the most admirable character. When weaknesses and mistakes are hidden, unhealthy character is rewarded instead. 1.3. Create an environment in which everyone has the right to understand and what makes sense, and no one has the right to hold a critical opinion without speaking up. Whether people have the independence and character to fight for the best answers will depend upon their nature, but you can encourage them by creating an atmosphere in which everyone's first thought is to ask, is it true? A. Speak up, and own it, or get out. 
In an idea meritocracy, openness is a responsibility. You not only have the privilege to speak up and fight for right, but are obliged to do so. This extends especially to principles. Just like everything else, principles need to be questioned and debated. What you're not allowed to do is complain and criticize privately, either to others or in your own head. If you can't fulfill this obligation, then you must go. Of course, open-mindedly exploring what is true with others is not the same thing as stubbornly insisting that only you are right, even after the decision-making machine has settled an issue and moved on. There will inevitably be cases where you must abide by some policy or decision that you disagree with. B. Be extremely open. Discuss your issues until you are in sync with each other or until you understand each other's positions and can determine what should be done. As someone I worked with once explained, it's simple. Just don't filter. C. Don't be naive about dishonesty. Other people lie more than most people can imagine. I learned that by being in the position of being responsible for everyone in the company. While we have an exceptionally ethical group of people, in all organizations there are dishonest people who have to be dealt with in practical ways. For example, don't believe most people who are caught being dishonest when they say they've seen the light and will never do it again, because chances are they will. Dishonest people are dangerous, so keeping them around is not smart. At the same time, let's be practical. If I tried to limit my relationships to people who never lied, I would never have anyone to work with. While I do have extremely high standards when it comes to integrity, I don't view it in a black or white, one strike and you're out way. I look at the severity, the circumstances, and the patterns to try to understand whether I am dealing with a person who is a habitual liar and will lie to me again, or with a person who is fundamentally honest yet imperfect. I consider the significance of the dishonesty itself. Like, was the person stealing a piece of cake, or were they committing a felony? As well as the nature of our existing relationship. Is it from my spouse telling, telling the lie, a casual acquaintance, or an employee? Treating such cases differently is appropriate because a basic law of justice is that the punishment should fit the crime. 1.4. Be radically transparent. If you agree that a real idea meritocracy is an extremely powerful thing, it should not be a great leap for you to see that giving people the right to see things for themselves is better than forcing them to rely on information processed for them by others. Radical transparency forces issues to the surface. Most importantly, and most uncomfortably, the problems that people are dealing with and how they're dealing with them. And it allows the organization to draw on the talents and insights of all its members to solve those problems. Eventually, for people who get used to it, living in a culture of radical transparency is more comfortable than living in the fog of not knowing what's going on and not knowing what people really think. And it is incredibly effective. But to be clear, like most great things, it also does have drawbacks. Its biggest drawback is that it is initially very difficult for most people to deal with uncomfortable realities. If unmanaged, it can lead to people getting involved with more things than they should and can lead people who aren't able to weigh all the information to draw the wrong conclusions. For example, bringing all an organization's problem to problems to the surface and regarding every one of them as intolerable may lead some people to wrongly conclude that their organization has more intolerable problems than another organization that keeps its issues under wraps. Yet, which organization is more likely to achieve excellence? 
one that highlights its problems and considers them intolerable or one that doesn't. Don't get me wrong. Radical transparency isn't the same as total transparency. It just means much more transparency than is typical. We do keep some things confidential, such as private health matters or deeply personal problems, sensitive details about intellectual property or security issues, the timing of a major trade, and at least for the short term, matters that are likely to be distorted, sensationalized, and harmfully misunderstood if leaked to the press. In the following principles, you will get a good explanation of when and why we found it helpful to be transparent and when and why we found it inappropriate. Frankly, I started off being so radically transparent, I had no idea how it would go. I just knew that it was extremely important and that I had to fight hard and find ways to make it happen. I pushed the limits and was surprised by how well it worked. For example, when I started taping all our meetings, our lawyers told us that we were crazy because we were creating evidence that could be used against us in courts or by regulators such as the SEC. In response, I theorized that radical transparency would reduce the risk of our doing anything wrong and of not dealing appropriately with our mistakes and that the tapes would in fact protect us. If we were handling things well, our transparency would make that clear. Provided, of course, that all parties are reasonable, which isn't something you can always take for granted. If we were handling things badly, our transparency would ensure that we get what we deserve, which in the long run would be good for us. I didn't know for sure at the time, but our experience has proven this theory correct time and again. Bridgewater has had uncommonly few legal or regulatory encounters, largely because of our radical transparency. That's because it's tougher to do bad things and easier to find out what's true and resolve claims through radical transparency. Over the last several decades, we have not had a single material, legal, or regulatory judgment against us. Naturally, growing bigger and more successful attracts more media attention, and reporters know that salacious and controversial stories draw more eyeballs than balanced ones. Bridgewater is especially vulnerable to this kind of reporting because with our culture of bringing problems to the surface and sharing them transparently within the company, we leave ourselves open to leaks. Would it be better not to be transparent and so avoid such problems? I've learned that the people whose opinions matter most are those who know us best, our clients and our employees, and that our radical transparency serves us well with them. Not only has it led to our producing better results, but it also builds trust with our employees and clients such that mischaracterizations in the press roll off their backs. When we discuss such situations with them, they say that for us to not operate transparently would scare them away much more. Having this sort of understanding and support to do the right things has been immeasurably valuable. But we wouldn't have known about these great payoffs if we hadn't so steadfastly pushed the limits of this truth and transparency. A. Use transparency to help enforce justice. When everyone can follow the discussion leading up to a decision, either in real time in person or via taped records and email threads, justice is more likely to prevail. Everyone is held accountable for their thinking and anyone can weigh in on who should do what according to shared principles. Absent such a transparent process, decisions would be settled behind closed doors by those who had the power to do whatever they want. With transparency, everyone is held to the same standards. B. Share the things that are hardest to share. 
While it might be tempting to limit transparency to the things that can't hurt you, it is especially important to share the things that are the most difficult to share, because if you don't share them, then you will lose the trust and partnership of the people you are not sharing with. So, when faced with the decision to share the hardest things, the question should not be whether to share, but how. The following principles will help you do this well. C. Keep exceptions to radical transparency very rare. While I would like virtually total transparency and wish that everyone would handle the information they have access to responsibly to work out what's true and what to do about it, I realize that that's an ideal to be approached but never fully achieved. There are exceptions to every rule, and in very rare cases, it is better not to be radically transparent. In those unusual cases, you will need to figure out a way that preserves the culture of radical transparency without exposing you and those you care about to undue risks. When weighing an exception, approach it as an expected value calculation, taking into consideration the second and third order consequences. Ask yourself whether the costs of making the case transparent and managing the risks of that transparency outweigh the benefits. In the vast majority of cases, they don't. I've found that the most common reasons to limit broad transparency are 1. Where the information is of private, personal, or confidential nature and doesn't meaningfully impact the community at large. 2. Where sharing and managing such information puts the long-term interests of the Bridgewater community, its clients, and our ability to uphold our principles at risk. For instance, our proprietary investment logic or a legal dispute. And 3 where the value of sharing the information broadly with the community is very low, and distraction it would cause would be significant, compensation for instance. What I'm saying is that I believe one should push the limits of being transparent while remaining prudent. Because we tape virtually everything, including our mistakes and weaknesses, for everyone to see, we are a target-rich environment for media that thrives on sensationalistic or critical gossip and can find ways of having information leaked to them. In one case, when we faced the problem of having information leaked to the press that was intentionally distorted and hurt our recruiting efforts, we were forced to institute some controls on ultra-sensitive information so that only a significant number of ultra-trustworthy people received it in real time, and it was distributed to others after a delay. The information was the sort that, in a typical company, would be shared with just a handful, but at Bridgewater was shared with nearly a hundred trusted people. In other words, while our radical transparency in that case was not total, I pushed its limits in a practical way. It served us well because the people who most needed the transparency got it right away, and most everyone understood that the commitment to being transparent remained very much intact, even in challenging circumstances. People know that my intent is to always push the limits of trying to be transparent, and that the only things that would prevent me from doing that will be the interests of the company and that I will tell them if I can't be transparent, and why. It is in our culture to be that way, and that fosters trust, even when the transparency is less than we would like it to be. D. Make sure those who are given radical transparency recognize their responsibilities to handle it well, and to weigh things intelligently. People cannot be given the privilege of receiving information and then use the information to harm the company, so rules and procedures must be in place to ensure that does not happen. For example, we provide great transparency inside Bridgewater on the condition that Bridgewater citizens do not leak it outside. If they do, they will be dismissed for cause, for unethical behavior. 
Additionally, the rules for how issues are explored and decisions are made must be maintained, and because different people have different perspectives, it's important that the paths are resolving them are followed. For example, some people are going to make big deals out of little deals, come up with their own wrong theories, or have problems seeing how things are evolving. Remind them of the risks that the company takes to give them that transparency and their responsibilities to handle the information that they get responsibly. I have found that people appreciating this transparency and knowing that they will lose if it is not handled well leads them to enforce good behavior with one another. E. Provide transparency to people who handle it well and either deny it to people who don't handle it well or remove those people from the organization. It is the right and responsibility of management, and not the right of all employees, to determine when exceptions to radical transparency ought to be made. Management should restrict transparency sparingly and wisely because every time they do, it undermines the idea meritocracy and people's trust. F. Don't share sensitive information with the organization's enemies. Both inside and outside of any organization, there are some people who will intentionally cause the organization harm. If these enemies are within your organization, you need to call them out to resolve this conflict throughout the organization system for achieving such resolutions, because working with enemies within your extended family will undermine you and the family. If the enemies are outside your organization and will use the information to harm you, of course, do not share it. 1.5. Meaningful relationships and meaningful work are mutually reinforcing, especially when supported by radical truth and radical transparency. The most meaningful relationships are achieved when you and others can speak openly to each other about everything that's important, learn together, and understand the need to hold each other accountable to be as excellent as you can be. When you have such relationships with those you work with, you pull each other through challenging times. At the same time, sharing challenging work draws you closer and strengthens your relationships. This self-reinforcing cycle creates the success that allows you to pursue more and more ambitious goals.